Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Talking Sports with Evan. I am Evan Wattalison, the host of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. You can watch the live stream live each and every week on, on my Twitter account at Evan Witt Sports, or you can go to the Talking Sports with Evan Facebook page. Just find on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. You can watch it live there each and every week as well. Or look for me on YouTube, Evan with Allison. You can find this show each and every week that I do a show. Lots to talk about here tonight. I'm going to try to jam it all in here uh, in tonight's show. Badger volleyball team beats Penn State three sets to one. We're going to talk some Badger volleyball tonight as they advance to the Elite Eight and they look to get to the Final Four. They fell they fell in the Elite Eight a year ago to Pitt, and now Wisconsin is looking to move on to the Final Four and try to bring the national championship back to Wisconsin where they last won it in 2021. Also, the Packers defeat the Kansas City Chiefs. On Sunday Night Football, in front of Taylor Swift, which I think I, I think I was wrong on my over under five and a half. I said over. I I don't think they showed her that often. I know they showed her walking in the Lambo, and they showed her a few couple of times, but I don't I, I don't think they made the five and a half. So that I'm kind of glad, but I, I I I think I lost my over under. So. Maybe I should have put the over-under a little bit less. I just went by what they were doing uh, going into the game, you know, into every game that she's been at thus far, and it seems like she's on TV every other every other game, every other moment, I, I mean. But the Packers beat the Kansas City Chiefs in, to me, very impressive fashion. Uh, the, uh, the, the Chiefs had a chance to try to tie it at the end, but to me, I, I think the Packers won in very impressive fashion. They ended up winning by eight, 27 to 19. And I think they could have won by more. And the, the Packers defense, even though they got ran all over, they did a good job getting enough stops when they had to, forcing field goals or punts and got an interception. So I'm going to break down that game and I'm going to preview Packers and Giants on Monday night football. Jordan Love versus. Ah, Daniel Jones is out, and the quarterback position for the Giants is a hot mess. DeVito, and I paused there intentionally, but Tommy DeVito, he is the starting quarterback on Monday Night Football for the New York Football Giants. Going to preview that game and talk about keys to Packer victory in this one, too. And then the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks get eliminated tonight in the play in-season tournament, which I'm not very fond of any either. I'm not big. I'm not a big fan of the in-season tournament. 
But I'm going to talk about the Bucks. Get, get my state of the Bucks address right now. Talk about where my concerns are right now with this team. And is it time to start worrying that some of the, you know, is it time to start worrying about the Milwaukee Bucks? I'm going to start talking. I'm going to talk about that as well. And the Badger football team. Very busy and hectic uh, week thus far. The Badgers got a transfer from Syracuse, lost a transfer from Syracuse, got the transfer back from Syracuse. Three wide receivers, two star- two key contributors this season, and Bell and DK transfer out. The wide receivers coach leaves. Some decommits for incoming freshmen, and the Badgers are going bowling to play LSU. I guess so. I'm going to kind of recap the Badgers' re- regular season. Was it a success or a failure? And kind of talk and talk about what my concerns were on the 2023 Badger football season and if I should be concerned moving forward. But what I'm going to start off with, the Badger volleyball team beating Penn State three sets to one. Great, great performance by the Badgers. They had an easy, easy, uh, easy victory in set one. Taking set, you know, set one was quite quite the easy path for the Badgers. 25-11 just came out and dominated. Second set, Penn State made it a little bit more interesting. Penn State won uh, 30-28 to tie it up, 1-1. But set two, the Badgers came out and just dominated. I think they scored, I think they said 13 points in a row in set two. To get the victory 25-12, and then they get the victory in set three, scoring 10 in a row at one point to move on to beat Penn State. And now they're going to play uh, one more at the field house to try to advance to Tampa Bay. That's where the final four is. And the Badger volleyball team has a ton of talent. Cece, Gigi, Anna, Devin, Booth. Julia, MJ, and I could go on and on. The Badger volleyball team just have a ton of talent. And really the only thing to me that's going to stop the Badger volleyball team from getting to Tampa Bay and playing for that championship is themselves. Nebraska has one loss on the year. The one loss came to Wisconsin. When Wisconsin lost to Nebraska earlier this year, to me, it Nebraska to me was not the better team. Nebraska got the victory, but to me, they were not the better team. Wisconsin made too many uncharacteristic mistakes and failed to finish, I believe, two of the sets. They had a chance to win numerous times in, I want to say it was set four and then set five, but very uncharacteristic, they couldn't finish. And that's not typical of the Badger volleyball team. But I think they have a great opportunity to go to the Final Four in Tampa and play for the national championship. And obviously things are going to get more difficult. As I said, they beat Penn State 3-1. You have Purdue and Oregon 
going up, the two seed and the three seed in the region. They're going to be playing at the uh, the I mean the uh, field house very soon to see who takes on Wisconsin. Then you're going to have Nebraska and Arkansas. The um, Nebraska beat their opponent today, and they they're going to play Arkansas to get uh, to see if they can go to the semi uh, the semifinals. Other side, you have Texas and Tennessee playing each other right now. Arizona State and Stanford set to tip off in a little bit. And then you got Louisville and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, the same Pittsburgh team that knocked Wisconsin out of the tournament in the at the field house last year. They're going up against Louisville to try to move on to the final four, which will be December 12th. I mean December 14th is the final four, and December 17th will be the national championship game. And like I said, I see no reason why Wisconsin should not be there. I think they're a better team than Texas and Tennessee. I think they're a better team than Arizona State and Stanford. And they definitely, to me, are a better team than Purdue and Oregon. Badgers lost to Penn State earlier this season. They beat them tonight. And one of the biggest reasons I lost to Penn State is they had some injuries. Anna, their big six foot nine outside, was out with a concussion. And I think it really showed. But the Badgers just completely and dominated Penn State to move on to the Elite Eight. One more at the field house to see who moves on to uh, next weekend in Tampa Bay. So that is my 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 take on the Wisconsin Badger volleyball team. Congratulations on the win against Penn State. And now it's time to get to, to Tampa Bay in the Final Four. Going to move on. Again, this is Talking Sports with Evan. I'm Evan Wittallison. Find me on Twitter at Evan Witt Sports. Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook and Evan Wittallison via YouTube. Those are all the channels you can watch this show live each and every week when I come to you live. Typically a Wednesday or a Thursday night is when I go live. Um, but I'm always going to let you all know when I go live. Segway now, sticking with Badgers, we're going to switch to Badger football. The Badger football team finished with seven wins. They're going to a bowl game to take on LSU on New Year's Day. And it's surprising that they went to a New Year's Day bowl for me. But I think part of the reason was is that the Badger football team travels extraordinary well. They, they travel very well every year as a team and they probably figure that they're going to travel well again and let's uh get them on down to to florida to take on 13th ranked lsu and i know there's gonna be a lot of people not playing in that game on both ends i know i i i don't know but i doubt braylon allen will be playing as he did declare for the nfl draft i doubt braylon allen will be playing in the bowl game quarterback Daniels for LSU I don't think will be playing either but when you you look at this Badger football team finishing seven and five they they had a big transition from Paul Chris slash Jim Leonard to Luke Fickle where you brought in a new offensive coordinator in Lungo a new defensive coordinator in Tresso tried to put in a brand new scheme 
And I, I guess the question is, how do I think things went? And you can let me know, too, how you think things went for the Badger football team. You can tweet at me, and I'm still going to call it Twitter. I'm not going to say you can X me or whatever. You can tweet at me at Evan Witt Sports. But when I look at this Badger season, I give it a C, a solid C. Nothing really spectacular happened this year, and they didn't they didn't fail to meet expectations, and they didn't exceed expectations. I felt they should have won the big. I I feel they should have won the Big Ten West, but that didn't happen. Th- this team at times did not look good. They lose the week two of the season. They lose to Washington State, thirty-one to twenty-two. They struggle for a while against Georgia Southern, but end up uh, pulling away from then, thirty-five to fourteen. Week one against Buffalo again, they struggled early on, end up pulling away to one thirty-eight seventeen. It finally looked like things were going to turn the corner when they beat Purdue thirty-eight seventeen. Probably their most impressive performance that thus far that this season when they played Purdue, but then they struggled against Rutgers, winning twenty-four to thirteen. And then they beat lost to Iowa fifteen to six, which they probably beat Iowa if they have even average quarterback play. They barely beat Illinois on a last second touchdown pass, twenty five twenty one. They 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 lose to Ohio State twenty four ten, which they were in the game most of the way, but they lost it at the end. They got embarrassed by Indiana, falling twenty to fourteen. Completely embarrassed by Northwestern, falling twenty four ten before getting two wins in a row, beating Nebraska 24-17, and bringing the Axe back to Wisconsin, beating Minnesota 28-14. And I look at this Badger this Badger football team, and the reason why I give them a C. I, first of all, new year, uh, new coaching staff, new scheme, new system, is going to be growing pains. It was going to take, there's going to be some growing pains, to rebuild the program, you have a combination of Paul Chris guys who, let's face it, the recruiting classes might have been high a couple of years, but the development was not there under Paul Chris. And you had a bunch of transfers from Luke Fickle. Now Luke Fickle gets to bring in his first, his, his truly his first recruiting class to Wisconsin. We'll see how he does there. And it's it was a, again it was a struggle at times for the Badgers as they my biggest issue with the Badgers slow starts they seemed very disinterested to start the season to start games at times this season very sluggish very slow very methodical just seemed to struggle to start games. And then as the game went on by the second half, they tend they they brought it and some a couple games it was too little too late. Indiana, Washington State. And that's my biggest concern. And I get everything I said, I understand why there's some struggles. New system, new coaches, uh new players, some a bunch of talent left. I get that, I understand that. But it's the coaching staff's job to get the team ready to play week in and week out. And there are games week in and week out where they just look completely disinterested 
for the entire first half. And against Northwestern and Indiana, it seemed like they had no interest in the game the entire game. But that's the one area I'm going to look very hard at with Luke Fickle moving forward. How is how are the how are how are they going to come out prepared to play in their bowl game against LSU? And how are they going to come prepared to play starting week one next year? Well, the Big Ten season gets even more difficult as USC, Washington, Oregon, UCLA are all joining joining the Big Ten Conference. So that's my concern, and that's what I'm looking at currently for the Badger football program. Again, grade the season a C, and they got a lot of work to do. You can listen to Talking Sports with Evan on Spotify, on iTunes, on most areas podcasts are found. You can find this show. Download it. Listen to it. Subscribe. Rate it. Just let me know what you think and what I can do better as a podcast host to bring you fresh content each and every week. Let me know. And then, again, you can find me on Twitter at Evan with sports talking sports with evan on facebook milwaukee bucks before we go packers i'm going to finish milwaukee bucks here lost to indiana tonight not not good it was ugly 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 at times 128 to 119 third quarter the bucks just completely dominated and then they let it slip away in the fourth quarter being outscored 37 25 some ugly turnovers late especially from Chris Middleton had one. I should say Chris Middleton had one especially. And first of all, I don't really care about the in-season tournament. I'm going to put that on record right now. I don't care about the in-season tournament. I would say the same thing. If the Bucks were playing Saturday night in Vegas, I would say the same thing. I don't really care about it. The NBA did it to try to amp up viewership and ticket sales pre-Christmas. The NBA season's 82 games, and the players have pretty much shown that they have no interest, really, in the regular season. It's all about the playoffs. Win enough games to be a top two or three seed in that conference, and then flip that switch come playoff time. That's what a lot of these teams do. You have games where they, in which you can't do any, you can't do this year due to some changes the NBA made, is you can't have two quote superstars out in the same game. But you you sit team you sit guys out in games that you don't really care about. If you're in a different con, if you have you know front end or back end of back to backs, likely your stars aren't going to play or going to play limited minutes. You know the NBA coaches are going to find ways to get around the NBA rule of not, you know, limiting how many star players can sit out from game to game. It's called you play them for a few minutes in the first quarter, then you sit them the rest of the game. They're going to figure out a way to get around it. NBA coaches are smart. They're going to figure it out. But again, like I said, the NBA to me was trying to make fans care about November and December basketball when most most true fans don't really care until after Christmas, after the new year, 
they're trying to attract more casual fans who, you know, get them to, to games and watching games. But like I said, the true diehards, they don't really care too much about wins and losses this time of year. It's about get to the new year and then see what happens there. We've seen it happen. Boston, what, two years ago, did not look like a team that was going to do anything, and they went on a complete tear second half of the season to fall in the NBA championship to the Golden State Warriors. It's, you know, teams from flip switches. And with the Milwaukee Bucks specifically, we've seen them flip switches from time to time. We've seen the the Bucks at times this year seem very disinterested in a basketball game. Second quarter of this game against the Indiana Pacers, to me, is an example of that, falling in that quarter, 36-22. And then the third quarter, they flip a switch, and they completely dominate Indiana on both sides of the floor. And then the fourth quarter, it's like they turned off the switch and got dominated on both sides of the court. That's a concern I have with the Bucks. is the... When they flip the switch, they've shown they can play and compete with anybody in the NBA. I know they lost to Boston, but they came close to beating Boston in the end when they decided they cared. They they play with their food too much. They play with the food too much, and then they get themselves into trouble. I will say in games where the Bucks start out slow and get in big deficits, coming back to either win or almost win, those are things you typically do not see or did not see under Budenholzer. So I give I give the Bucks and Griffin credit there as they never quit. They get they play four quarters of basketball. Well, not really four quarters of basketball, but even when they're down twenty six points, they still fight and try to get back into the game. It's just they need to keep that switch on more frequently. They need to keep that switch on. My other concern with the Bucks is the bench. Had I think what I think I uh, twelve points I believe off the bench tonight. Sorry, thirteen points off the bench tonight, and the bench did not look impressive at all. Bobby has not been as he he was very efficient a year ago, not efficient really at all this year. And then uh, my buddy Scott said it best: he seems to be a first half player. He'll he'll dominate in the last year too. He'll dominate in the first half and then disappear in the second half. Bull camp, his bull champ has been up and down. Campaign has been up and down, and they are missing Pat Connaughton and Jay Crowder right now. I think once they get those two back, things will be better. But the inconsistency of the bench worries me. It wouldn't, you know, the Middleton turnover late in the game would not be talked about at all if the bench could do their job when the three i mentioned bochamp uh campaign and bobby come into a game those leads disappear in a hurry and that's the problem to me because you need your bench needs to be better and again when crowder and Connaughton come back it should be improved but that's an area that guys need to either start playing better or John Horst needs to figure out some trades to get some more depth on this bench to help this Bucks team. They're they're not looking and it's only December 7th. So it's it's way too soon 
but they're not looking like a NBA champion right now. And the bench is the biggest concern I have. Defensively, they've shown when they want to play defense, they can play defense at a high level. The key word is when they want to. When the Bucks want to play defense, they have shown that they can play defense at a very high level. Call me crazy for saying that because it's easy just to say they suck defensively all the way around, but we've seen them turn up the defensive intensity when they have to. Key thing is you got to play four quarters of basketball more frequently. You're not going to be able to pull yourself from behind against the Bostons and the Philadelphia 76ers every night. Come playoff time, you're not going to be able to do it because the competition is going to be that much tighter. But the Bucks are better in the half court on offense. Dame, not very efficient tonight, but Dame has been lights out at times, and he owned that third quarter going, I think it was four for four on threes. But those are my biggest concerns with the Bucks right now. And then finally, the Green Bay Packers. That's how I'm going to end the show, talking some Green Bay Packers. Beat the Kansas City Chiefs 27-19, to and Jordan Love, the, the way he has developed, the way he has shown promise, the way he has shown improvement over the past six, like four, five, six weeks, is quite impressive. Kansas City, one of the top defenses in the NFL, he goes 25-36 for 267 and three passing touchdowns. And he made some very good throws in this game. And, yeah, he made some throws that make you get you know scratch your head. But overall, he made some very good throws. He had a nice touchdown pass to, to Christian Watson to go up 20, uh, 21. I think it was 21-12. Great catch by Watson, and he had an amazing catch uh, right before that touchdown pass to Watson to Romeo Dobbs, where it's fourth and two, and I guess it really wasn't a great throw, but somehow he got it to Romeo Dobbs, and Jordan Love haters, you owe Jordan Love an apology. I know you're not going to acknowledge it. You're going to have excuses on the why, but you owe Jordan Love an apology. It didn't look good a few weeks ago when Jordan Love is completion percentage. I think I would say it was pre-Rams game. Things did not look good for the Packers and Jordan Love. But And I, I said it on my show. I put more of that on the wide receivers and the scheme than on Jordan Love because you had wide receivers running on top of one another, not getting open, dropping passes, making things more difficult for the young quarterback. And I remember I had Tristan Thomas on my show, and we talked about this, is that when you have no veterans at wide receiver, you're you're hurting a young quarterback. Well, fast forward a few weeks, the young receivers, your Jaden Reed, your Dontavian Wicks especially, are figuring it out. It was frustrating first few weeks of the year, but they're figuring it out. Romeo Dobbs is figuring it out. Christian Watson, unfortunately, that left the game hurt, but he's figured it out. He had seven catches for 71 yards against the 
Against the Chiefs, he had over 100 yards receiving against the Lions. He's figured it out to me. Now he's hurt. And Tucker Craft, the last couple games, has really taken advantage of more opportunities with Musgrave being hurt. As these young players have figured it out, running better routes, finding holes in coverage, not running on top of each other, figuring out you know where to cut off or modify or change your route to f- help Jordan Love out. And Jordan Love's making the throws. Jordan Love, through the last three, four weeks, has looked like a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. And I know he had two interceptions against Pittsburgh, but he made some really good throws against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Made a couple big throws against the Rams, but the wins against the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs, which those three games, I think most people, including me, had chalked up as losses coming into the season. The Packers won all three. And because they've won all three, they're in a driver's seat to make the playoffs in 2023. And if you would have told me that before the season started, that the Packers would be in the playoffs or in the playoff contention in 2023, I would have thought you were crazy. I said before the season started, this is a eight or nine win team at best. And they got six with five easy, uh, four easy games left to play. Four very easy games left to play, starting with the Giants. Then you got Tampa Bay. Then you got Carolina. So I have five easy games to play. Then you have my math. Math is not my strong suit. Then you have the Vikings. Then you have the Bears. All five of those games are winnable games for Green Bay. Minnesota's quarterback position is a mess. Tampa Bay is an average football team at best. Carolina's won one game all season long. The Giants are a complete cluster, you know what. And the Bears are the Bears. So there's really no reason why the Packers can't win at least three or four of these remaining five. I think they might have a clunker somewhere along the line. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay, unfortunately. I think that's going to end up being a a loss for Green Bay with these five games that are left. But again, they're, they're all five winnable games. And the Packers offensively has looked very impressive, and Jordan Love looked significantly better. And now that it's December, A.J. Dillon seems to, the real A.J. Dillon has seemed to shown up. Still some concerns about the Packers defensively. They gave up 110 yards on the ground to Isaiah Pitaco. Not very good. And then Travis Kelsey had four catches for 81 yards. And three of those catches, I think, were third and long situations. And he was wide open on all three of those third and long situations. One of them, the safety, for some reason, left uh, when it looked like Mahomes is going to tuck and run. The safety left the coverage where you already had Quay Walker and another linebacker closing in on the run stay with Kelsey and force him to force Mahomes to have to run. And then he's not going to get the first down on the ground. I think it was fourth and four, a third and 14, something like that. But that was a mistake a rookie made who doesn't have a lot of experience. And we saw what happened. But I'm impressed with the Packers. Good win for the Green Bay Packers against the Chiefs. 
And now they have the New York football Giants who give up a lot of pressure, especially in the interior. Their left tackle is good. The left tackle of the Giants, Andrew Thomas, is very good. But their right tackle, which Evan Neal, who's hurt, he's not been playing very good. Tyree Phillips has not been playing very good. His pass block grade, he's 49th out of 82 tackles at 62.5, according to Pro Football Focus. The center play has not been good, and neither has the guard play. So you're Kenny Clark, you're Rashawn Gary, you're Preston Smith, you're Lucas Van Ness. They should all be able to get pressure on DeVito. And DeVito's been sacked, I think, six times. Or The Packers have, sorry, no, the Packers have six sacks over the course of the last two games. And DeVito has been sacked a lot this season. And there's really no reason why the Packers' pass rush can't continue to get pressure on Tommy DeVito. The biggest issue, concern I have is Shaquan, uh, Shaquan Barkley, who uh, we saw. <clears throat> Sorry about that. We saw in against Pittsburgh. The Packers didn't really have to worry about the passing game much. They could have loaded up against the run, and they didn't, and they still got ran all over. I don't trust Joe Barry. I do not trust Joe Barry at all, and I'm worried that Joe Barry is going to play very soft up front and allow uh, Barkley to have a field day running the football. And... uh, Jalen Hyatt, with his speed and his downfield threat, does worry me a little bit, but DeVito needs to be able to get him that football. So that's what worries me, really, with the Giants' offense, is is more or less Joe Barry is going to decide to not take away the one thing the Giants do well and allow the Giants to uh, exploit that big time. Defensively, the Giants have not been very good. Really haven't been good across the board. Their corners have struggled. Their their defensive line isn't the best. 103, 108, 115, 82 at their respective positions uh, across the defensive line. The one bright spot is one of their linebackers, Bobby... Uh, Okariki, he is a third-round pick in 2019. He's had a very solid season, and Isaiah Simmons has had a pretty okay season as well. Those two have played really well, but outside of those guys, they haven't. They've been they've been struggling to make stops. And the Packers' offensive line have been playing much better as of late, giving love time to find receivers. And this is a game that the Packers should be able to move the football. And Aaron Jones is did return to practice today. We'll see with the extra day off if he's ready to go against the Giants. But I think the Packers should win this game. It'll probably be closer, unfortunately, than we would like. I think it'll be in the realm of 24-17, 24-21, with the Packers uh, making a big stop defensively when they have to. But with that said, uh, my computer is about to die and my voice is starting to go. 
So I think I will let you all go. This has been Talking Sports with Evan. I appreciate you all uh, tuning in to the show. Find it anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, you can also find it uh, weekly on Twitter, Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook, and Evan with Talison on YouTube. I'll get back at you next week, hopefully talking another Packer victory, a Badger volleyball victory, and hopefully some more positive stuff to talk about with the Milwaukee Bucks, who play Monday against the Chicago Bulls. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll get back at you.